You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, my name is Roger B. You're listening to Locked and Loaded, and this is America's Web Radio. On Locked and Loaded, we discuss guns, guns, and all things guns, and politics and of guns, and ammo that goes with guns, and any other thing to do with guns. So we're going to start today. Guns, guns, and more guns. <laughs> We're going to start by going halfway around the world to New Zealand. With a gun, no way. Well, that's funny. New Zealanders are relatively free when it comes to owning guns. However, recently they had the shooting there where 50 people were killed in a church shooting. And now, of course, in the world of politics, a lightning-fast response, especially when compared to other gun control laws and other laws that take years to put together, they want to ban everything immediately. So it's kind of crazy. But, of course, you know, with politicians, oh, goodness, we need to ban the guns. Let's not worry about the sick, demented individual who did this. Let's just take the guns away from everybody. So now they, they put a ban in place, which um, it's going to ban every semi-automatic weapon that was used in the terrorist attack will be banned. But then, of course, they include other semi-automatic weapons that weren't used in the ban, but they consider a military-style semi-automatic assault rifle, which, as we know, if you listen to this show, the term assault rifle does not apply to semi-automatic weapons, and it never has. And, of course, when you try and ban something, the first thing people are going to do is try and stockpile it, get a bunch of them together to prevent from having to lose their weapons or losing the right to own their weapons. So, but anyway, so the the military-style semi-automatic assault guns that they're going to ban have, if they have bump stocks, they're banned. If they have a box magazine that, that detaches, they are banned if they hold more than five rounds. Now, go try and find a five-round magazine for your AR-15 or your AK. Nearly impossible. But, you know, that's what politicians do. They don't understand what they're doing, but they do it anyway. Now, the military-style semi-automatic weapons have been defined under New Zealand law as magazines exceeding seven shots or with pistol grips or folding stocks or, you know, telescoping butt stocks or bayonet attachments, flash suppressors, all the same things that the, the politicians in the U.S. like to label as an assault weapon. But now the fact that this can cover any kind of different weapon, you can have a shotgun with many of these things on it. You can have pistols with muzzle brakes on them, even forward grips on some of them. However, in this country, your forward grip puts it into a different class of weapon, which that's into the NFA business, which we don't really want to get into that if we can help it, because there's a lot of people now thinking the NFA is outdated. It doesn't really apply to to modern guns as much as it should because some of the things are just, you know, ridiculous like a rifle with a barrel less than 16 inches. Who cares? It's a rifle. You can have a pistol with the barrel length of anything you want. It's kind of weird. But anyway, so they decided to ban these. Now what it does not ban is 22 caliber or smaller guns. So 22s, 17 calibers, 5 millimeters if there's still any of those around. Up to 10 rounds. So beyond 10 rounds even your 22 becomes banned. Now you're thinking, oh, well, that's so you just don't put a magazine on it. Now, I don't know how this is going to apply to guns with a built-in magazine. I don't know how many of you started shooting with a 22, but had your first Marlin 22 with a tube feed on it that held, I don't know, 15 to 18 rounds somewhere. I wonder if this would fall within the banned parameters since it's not a detachable box magazine. But again, you know, in California, they actually made an exemption for tube-fed magazines for 22s. 
and they're saying that the twenty twos and pump action shotguns are considered weapons that farmers will use, so they're not going to ban those. And they're basing it on a caliber, which is unusual too, because twenty two caliber or smaller twenty two is the size of an AR fifteen bullet. So does that mean AR-15 bullet does not apply since it's only a 22 caliber? I don't know. Don't tell the lib tar- uh, the liberals that. I know, well, I tell them that because they think it's a high-powered rifle round. I go, it's a 22 caliber. It's the same as a 22 long rifle. Granted, it's a little more powerful, but it's the same same diameter bullet. Look, if it's coming out of a mean, big, mean, ugly, scary, black, brown, or camo gun... Hey, 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 hey. This is 2019. We don't see color here. We don't here. see color here. <laughs> that works so well when I tell the policeman that. I didn't stop for that red light. He goes, didn't you see that light was red? I go, officer, this is 2019. I don't see color. He, right. did, he didn't find that as funny as I thought he would. Did you tell him you didn't see male or female either? Yeah, I don't know if he would have liked that either. I could try that with the judge, maybe, because now i got a ticket, so I'll have to dig my tie out and go to court one day, but we'll see. (laughs) Okay, so of course the government in New Zealand said, well, you know, we're going to ban all these weapons from all the regular people, but of course police and military would be exempt, as would businesses carrying out professional pest control. And access for international shooting competitions would also be considered exempt from this. So basically, if you're a pest control guy or a military or a policeman, this ban is not going to affect you. Now, they're asking people to hand in the guns that violate this ban, and they're going to get uh, some sort of they're, – they're, they're developing a formal buyback scheme right now, which they're saying is going to cost about $200 million in New Zealand dollars which is, I think, about 150 in U.S. dollars. But the New Zealand police said on their website that there's a transitional period would be allow, would allow people to, I don't know, say goodbye to their weapons, have a moment alone with them, whatever they want to do before handing this, these newly unlawful firearms into the police department without any penalties. Now, I have not been able to find out what penalties they're talking about. Are you going to be put in jail? Are you going to be fined? I don't know. It wasn't available, so I haven't found it. If anyone finds out, you can let me know. Now, they said there's going to be a legal exemption for pest controllers. But the exemptions would be tightly regulated. Again, government getting in the way of people exercising freedom. It's just – and then, of course, the dealers are going to be virtually shut down because they're going to be so limited as to what they can sell that, you know, they're not going to be able to have a huge selection as they used to. Because New Zealand was relatively – free as far as gun ownership. However, they did have licensed gun owners. They have about a quarter million licensed gun owners in in New Zealand, which is out of 5 million people. And they're estimating there's about 1.5 million guns in the country as of now. So they're saying that only 6% of the weapons in New Zealand were even registered to start with. So you kind of wonder if they don't know about the rest of them, what are these people going to do? You know, they're, they're guessing there should be about 500,000 of these weapons that should be handed in because they are now determined to be illegal. But of those, only a certain number of them can take the high-capacity magazines. Now, do, do the New Zealanders agree with this? I'm not sure, but it seems like it's putting New Zealand in line with Australia, the United Kingdom, a little bit with Canada – 
in that they decided gun control is something they need to have now. So, of course, somebody goes and shoots up a place of worship. The only thing that could have stopped him is somebody else with a gun. So they're going to limit law-abiding people from having guns. I just, I don't get it myself. You know, just to stop you for a second, that's probably one of the best points, Roger, that is not made enough every day. No matter what the active shooter situation is, no matter where, whether it's a school, a church, uh, a restaurant, a grocery store... Space shuttle. That's the space shuttle. <laughs> At some point, someone is going to arrive with a gun to stop an active shooter. So if we take away the guns from the innocent, from the from law-abiding citizens who can intervene and stop the bloodshed, what's going to happen? More people are going to die. Right, because there's no way to. The only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Exactly. Or a bad woman with a gun is a. Good woman with a gun. Okay. Very well put. Yes, because you don't want to leave anybody out. We have to be all-inclusive. <laughs> all-inclusive here at the Roger B. Show. <laughs> That's right. Locked and Loaded is an all-inclusive show, as is America's Web Radio. But, however, there's one thing. That, there's an old saying out there, which I'm sure all the gun guys already know, but they say, God made all men. Colonel Colt made them all equal. Because the the Colt revolver was the great equalizer, turned everybody into a possible defender of their own families, their own bodies, their own, you know, friends. Uh, so, you know, so they're going to spend $200 million, and they're going to see if New Zealanders are going to go for this, and they're going to see what happens. As we've seen in the past in the United States, a lot of times people don't always follow through when they're told they need to hand stuff in, give stuff up, or give up their rights. You mean the criminals don't follow the law? Well, not necessarily just the criminals. I mean, there was, I think in Connecticut, they passed an assault rifle registration law, and everyone had to register their quote-unquote assault weapons. And they had a very limited turnout for that. Now they're saying uh, apparently there were a, a lot of boating accidents in Connecticut over the course of those few weeks leading up to the registration because most people couldn't find their weapons, couldn't remember where they were, sold them to people, or lost them in boating accidents. They were lost at the bottom of the sea. <laughs> That's right. They're probably in the bottom of the ocean now. It's funny. In California, all these magazines floated up to the surface as soon as the magazine ban went away for a week. <laughs> It was amazing. That was the best treasure find ever. <laughs> I know. People were finding all these magazines that had been previously lost in boating accidents were turning up. Okay, so now let's get that. I, I have an update on this story now. I know, updated right away. But apparently citizens are disobeying the New Zealand gun ban. They're yeah. saying they have about uh, – the numbers are between 250,000 and 300,000 people who own these types of weapons that are on the ban list. And as of now, they have 530 of them turned in. So uh, hurrah to the New Zealanders. You yeah. need to stand up for your rights. Don't let anybody take them away. You know, revolutions have been fought for a lot less than this. That's true. And, you know, the people in New Zealand, they didn't really have a choice. The um, You know, in New Zealand, they don't have a constitution like we have that limits the scope and the power and the reach of the government. So. Right. It's just up to the government to make these yeah. decisions as they go, which is mm-hmm. kind of crazy. So good for the New Zealanders. You should all stand up. That's right. I mean, 530 weapons have been turned in out of approximately 250 to 300,000 guns that are out there. <laughs> so I'm really proud of them, and I hope Americans will look at this and go, you know what? Noncompliance is the easiest way to stop tyranny from taking over, especially when we have the optics and the news and video everywhere. 
are people really going to go crashing into doors of families and and law-abiding citizens and try and take these guns away from them? You know, it, it would look really bad for any government to do this in a modern world in a supposedly free society. So I just don't know how this is going to go, but I hope it stays on track to do more of this because I would love to see more disobedience when it comes to human rights being taken away. <laughs> and that That's is right. a right. <laughs> that, you know, someone was – I was talking to uh, our director here, and he was going, yes, uh, you can come and take my guns. Come bash my door in. He goes, you'll you'll get my guns, but I'll give you the ammunition first. First. <laughs> One round at a time. <laughs> and that's <laughs> – As fast as I can pull the trigger. <laughs> and that's 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 true. Uh, we, you know, last week we had a little story of uh, how that can happen. Yeah, I mean, all it takes is, you know, uh, it has to be pushed to that point. At some mm-hmm. point, someone's going to stand up and say, this is not how it's supposed to be. My rights are protected. Yeah. Well, we're going to be right back. You're listening to Locked and Loaded, and this is America's Web Radio. Forty-five years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is Around Town Movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around Town Movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, Around Town Movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's Around Town Movers. Call them. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, I'm Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and we are back on America's Web Radio to discuss more of guns, 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 and politics of guns. And the worst thing about politics is that they say guns have two mortal enemies, rust and politicians. And apparently politicians are taking the the lead over rust these days because with all the new uh, metals and stainless steels and things like that, politicians are becoming more of a danger than any kind of environmental issues are now we're going to come back from new zealand and go to missouri now missouri is the place where they had tried to they had a law pending that would have basically put everybody in new zealand into a militia and allow them to have whatever kind of guns they wanted because according to the second amendment when viewed by liberals the guns are only allowed to be owned by militia members But in Missouri, a high school principal was suspended over a pro-gun tweet. Now, this is becoming more and more prevalent. People who express any kind of, um, I guess, favoritism towards the Second Amendment or have guns in their houses or use guns for shooting sports or practice are being stigmatized as being, you know, bad people. And it's like they're trying to make it illegal. 
But the fact is, the Second Amendment still stands. These people are not breaking any laws. There was a guy, um, I think a kid, who got suspended from school because he went to a shooting range and posted pictures on his personal, I don't know, Instagram, Facebook, Snap, whatever, you know, whatever the, the site was. He posted on social media a picture of himself with some guns at a gun range and got suspended from school because of it. Even though he was well within his legal rights and his parents were there instructing him, teaching him the ways of the gun, which everybody should learn at some point, because if you're not afraid of them, it's a lot easier to learn how to use them and you don't tend to be fearful as far as making ridiculous laws or standing behind ridiculous laws to push for for gun control that shouldn't exist. I mean, and it's kind of crazy because this guy had a pro-gun tweet he put out. He responded to uh, David Hogg, who was, you know, if you know who he is, he's the idiot who was in Parkland during the shooting, supposedly was riding his bicycle over there as fast as he could because he knew somebody shot the school up. We actually wonder if he was actually there or not. Who knows? But he was urging people to restrict guns in order to stop violence. Now, I don't think he's ever cracked a history book, because if you look at history, socialism will tell you. The first thing you do is take law-abiding citizens' guns away, and then the violence goes on the increase because there's nothing to stop the government or government agencies or roving gangs who don't care about the laws from doing whatever they want. So in order to support the Second Amendment, you've got to be able to look at history, see where it leads when you take guns away. In fact, I, I believe truly that is where the Second Amendment came from when our, fa- our founding fathers looked at history and said, when they try and take guns away from everyday people, law-abiding citizens, the only ones who have power are the military, the police, the government agents. And it's just, it's gone off the deep end with this. But this Missouri principal got suspended over a tweet he made from his personal social media account and it was just he had a tweet of himself and his children holding guns and the tweet simply said hashtag America that's right and it was a personal Twitter account so it wasn't that he was speaking for the school or as a teacher of the school but as a private citizen and this school system decided that they were going to suspend him over this which I just can't believe they're going to get away with this I would think any good lawyer worth assault could get in there and get this reversed and have reparations paid to this teacher for being, you know, treated a lot like this. There's no reason that somebody could defend their their rights, which are guaranteed to them by the Constitution, and be ostracized for it. But it seems like the liberals are trying to do this to anybody who is pro-gun. They're just trying to make anybody pro-gun as being a bad person, just like anyone who supports Trump is a racist you know, it doesn't, it's not true, but they try and, you know, they'll call you names basically. And there's a word for that too. Actually, it's a Latin phrase. Argumentum ad hominem. It means argument against the man. Basically, if you can't think of a reasonable way to discuss an argument or to bring your point across, just call somebody names and that's the next best thing. But now it's funny because There are other teachers who were spotted on social media expressing support for Planned Parenthood, for feminism, for illegal immigration, for communism, for socialism, any of a number of things, and none of them were punished in any way. Even though they were supporting illegal activities, they weren't punished in any way. While this man who was supporting legal and guaranteed free activities was being punished in this way because the school system was so anti-gun they can't see past the law 
and tried to bring this against him. Well, right now his career probably hangs in the balance because we don't know what the school system's going to do. Hopefully, a good lawyer will turn this thing around, get him paid back, and uh, stop other school systems from trying to do this in the future because there is no reason for anybody to have to deal with something like that. That's your own personal life. You shouldn't have to have have, have to do that. Okay, now we're going to go from Missouri to Utah. Most people think of Utah. They're going, okay, it's way out in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing there. But more and more Utah teachers are carrying guns to work. And the funny thing is they've been doing it for many years, years and years and years. And there's been no shootings, no school shootings, because people believe, oh, well, if the teachers have guns, there's going to be more school shootings because students will steal the guns or the teachers will freak out and shoot up the students or it's like, yeah, if they're legally carrying their guns and there for a reason to protect the students, that's not going to happen. Now, do these people really believe that teachers who are in these schools are going to be that dangerous when they're carrying a gun? It's funny because I'll say that they shouldn't carry a gun because it's too dangerous, but yet in the very next sentence they're saying, oh, these teachers deserve six-figure salaries and they're saints teaching our children. So make me mind, are they saints or are they criminals? But anyway, it's worth noting that even though Utah has allowed carrying of firearms on school campuses for decades. There have been no shootings there by any students, by any teachers with any of the guns that were brought to school. But again, with the hysteria, people anti-gun all over the place, they're again criticizing these teachers who bring guns to work. It's just, you know, how are you going to protect these kids? What do you plan to protect them with if there's a school shooting? That's what I want to know. I mean, obviously, the no-gun signs don't work because over 90% of all mass shootings are done in a gun-free zone. I mean, what would you do? Just go, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, this is a gun-free zone. Put that down. You can't have that here. I'd love for a banker being robbed at gunpoint to go, oh, wait, hey, that's an illegal weapon. You can't rob me with that. Go home and get something that's legal before you rob me. <laughs> People just don't understand. It's it's hilarious. But, you know, it's funny in that until it becomes more serious and we get to cry about it, I just don't know. It's like, oh, and here we go. Okay, moms demand action. They made a statement about this, the fact that the, the Utah teachers are allowed to carry guns. Guns don't belong in our classrooms to begin with. It's like, well, yeah, that's probably true. I mean, unless you're having a gun safety class, which they used to do in the 50s, 60s, I think up until the 70s. And it's funny, there were no mass shootings back then because people understood. Guns were not toys. They were tools. They were to be used in a certain way. But it seems like as technology has become more and more abusive to people, as people can get away with saying more and more things that aren't true and spreading lies, that more and more people decide they're going to go shoot up a school, shoot up a mall, shoot up a church, as they did in New Zealand. But anyway... Just be aware that these people are trying everything they can to stop good guys from having guns. And it's funny. I've always heard, in this country, you have a, a, a right to freedom of religion. You can believe in God. You can not believe in God. That's your right. If you don't believe in God, that's fine. And you don't have to believe in guns. You don't have to have one. You don't have to believe in them, and that's fine, too. But if someone's breaking into your house at 3 in the morning, the first thing you're going to do it's call somebody with a gun and pray they get there in time. Whether you believe or not, it may change your life. Okay, now we're going to move on to the United States government and the ATF, well, everybody's favorite government agency. I always thought alcohol, tobacco, and firearms would be a better convenience store than a government agency. 
<laughs> get it all at one place. But apparently, ATF agents across the country are working to track down thousands of guns and firearm parts that have been seized by law enforcement and were supposed to be destroyed, but were stolen first. <laughs> so apparently, they have become a big supplier of guns and gun parts now because apparently, this stuff that was supposed to be destroyed never quite made it to the destruction phase. And all these weapons are being sent to the U.S. Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and Explosives and the destruction branch in Martinsburg, West Virginia, to be shredded. I don't know how you shred a gun, but, you know, I guess if you got a big enough shredder, you can shred anything. But, as it turns out, a longtime guard at the ATF facility had admitted to carting off thousands of firearms, gun parts, and ammunition, and selling them over many years. Christopher Yates, 52, a guard who's worked as a contract employee for the ATF for 16 years, was charged in federal court in West Virginia pleaded guilty in April to possession of a stolen gun and stealing government property. Now, this guy for 16 years was stealing guns from the ATF, and he just got caught. That is shocking to me. Did they not? And they want citizens to keep track of their guns and know where they are, report them immediately if they are stolen. But yet the ATF has had guns disappearing for 16 years, and nobody seemed to notice until just now. Of course, he's going to be brought up on charges. And uh, now they have recovered more than 4,000 guns and parts that are reported missing while Yates was working there. And he had, he admitted to stealing at least 3,000 slides, which is a part of the gun to fire from Glock semi-automatic handguns. He also admitted to stealing dozens of guns, including four fully automatic machine guns, which are Class three weapons but uh, covered by the ATF. So it's just... All this stuff is getting out there, getting on the street, and I just don't know where it's going to go. But it looks like we should be able to have some shopping going on on the streets. If you're looking to buy a gun illegally, apparently they're out there, courtesy of the ATF. What's, that, what's going to happen to his gun license? Oh, his gun? Yeah, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure he's not going to have his gun license in federal prison. Now, they said he could get up to 10 years in prison on each count, but probably not going to be that high. But considering it's dozens of guns, even if he gets a couple of years for each one, he's going to be in prison for a long, long time. But he's trying to make a plea gun. If the machine guns get recovered, then they'll say they may, they might make him a plea deal. But meanwhile, there's four fully automatic machine guns out there that this guy stole from the ATF. Now, I wonder if he had anything to do with this during the Obama administration. Fast and Furious. Maybe he was originally a Fast and Furious contractor and just didn't know that that scheme was over with and was still running guns for Obama somehow. I'd like to know uh, where these things were going and who ended up with them and why they weren't caught sooner. I wonder if people in other administrations, not to mention any names, looked the other way while he leaked these guns out onto the street in order to push for tighter gun control laws. You know, that would be interesting to find out if he, if they can get him to roll over and talk a little more. Maybe he was involved deeper than he's letting on. Mueller. He's Mueller. unemployed. That's right. He's, he, he needs a new investigation, doesn't he? Yeah. Something he can tie up a millions of dollars with for two or three years. <laughs> See if he can find something. You know, they say he was looking for Bigfoot too, but you know, he can't find him, but he can't say that he didn't find him. So of course the Democrats think, oh, Bigfoot's definitely out there because he couldn't find them. So actually, and they can't even release the total number of guns that have been stolen from the ATF because the the investigation is still ongoing. So we we don't even know how many are out there. It's just, it's insane. But I would like to know. Stay tuned, folks. 
Yes, we may find out more later on. I would really like to see if we can find anybody higher up who was involved in this. Because it seems hard to believe that this guy for 16 years has been sneaking guns out of the ATF with nobody noticing until now. Probably in his underwear. Maybe, or his lunchbox. Wouldn't that how Johnny Cash stole the Cadillac? (laughs) One part at a time. So and and it's funny because they say a lot of these guns are turning up in cities where they have the tightest gun control laws. Chicago operations in Milwaukee, New Jersey. It's great, you know, because they have the the highest demand. So a true capitalist would bring guns where they have the highest demand. So we're gonna have to follow this out and see where this goes. I mean, it's just and there's parts to a lot of uh, parts to turn guns into, into fully automatics were stolen. They've recovered them in Mexico and parts of the Caribbean. So they're just these guns. Have, I mean, for 16 years, you got a lot of time for guns to travel and be taken places. So, and now they're going to examine their destruction procedure and following all their you know procedures from there on out. So they're going to have to start auditing all this stuff. It just, I wonder what happened when uh, the ATF was doing this for the government. I wonder if they got rid of any of that stuff. Okay, on to the next one. I know there's a lot of politics today, but there's a lot out there that we need to get into a little bit. This is the one that scares me the most. This is the worst horror film I've ever seen. If this ever gets anywhere close to being pushed through. The Democrats are introducing a bill to remove commerce protections in the firearms industry. Now, in case you don't know what that means, years ago there was a law passed to prevent firearm manufacturers from being sued if their weapons were used in a crime, which makes sense because it's not the gun's fault, I mean, just like with anything else. But now the the Democrats are trying to uh, pass a law to stop this. Well, we're going to come right back and cover this. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Ron Camacho, host of the Business Hour, on Fridays from 10 to 11 a.m. Join me as I talk with passionate professionals on a program that profiles the best businesses, business practices, and fascinating business professionals to get an insider view of how America works. The Business Hour, from 10 to 11 a.m. on America's Web Radio. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors. 
and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, I am Roger B. Welcome back. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Now, I just want to take one minute to uh, mention something that we've had going on here for a couple of weeks now. But any veteran, and now we've extended it to first responders as well. If you are a former first responder, police, fireman, Coast Guard, Navy, Army, Marine, any type of veteran of the military or police or first responders, and you're starting a business and you would like two weeks of free advertising, contact us here at America at GM at AmericasWebRadio.com and talk to us about that. We will get you set up with that because I know starting a business, the first few months are always the hardest. Why not get a little leg up, get a little help from us, and then see how it goes. Maybe it'll be something you want to continue and tell your friends if you have anybody who you know is a first responder or military veteran and they're starting a new business or have started one within the last 12 months. Please, GM at AmericasWebRadio.com. Contact us, even if you just want some information. See what it's all about. Go ahead and jump in. Get your feet wet and let us know what business you're providing to our community. Okay, back to the removal of the Commercial Protections Act in firearms, which was passed. They had the uh, Commercial Protections Act passed in 2005, which means for 15 years there's been protection against People from suing gun manufacturers because the gun was used in a way it shouldn't have been used or killed somebody or something like that. So we're trying to get – they're trying to remove this protection to allow gun manufacturers to be sued for anybody who uses their weapon for something they don't feel is right or feel they can sue for. And the biggest thing here is what if you applied this to other things? Okay, I'm going to say, for instance – Say, for instance, you make wooden statues that people can put in their yards. Okay, so this guy has one of your wooden statues, a little three foot high. All of a sudden, he loses it one day, grabs it, starts swinging it around, hits a couple of people in the head, kills somebody. All of a sudden, they're going to come back to you for providing him this wooden statue and providing him a way to, to kill somebody. It's absolutely ridiculous that you can not provide protection for people against somebody who misuses a product. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable how much this would kill American businesses. I mean, could you imagine if every business who manufactured anything was responsible for its use or misuse in any way, form, or fashion? means if you use a rope to hang somebody or tie somebody up with, you could sue the rope manufacturer for providing the rope. Yeah, sometimes you need to give people enough rope to hang themselves with. But now apparently you can sue the rope company for that. And it's just it's crazy that they're doing this. They they passed this because there were a lot of frivolous lawsuits against gun companies for just such a thing. That people were suing the gun manufacturers for providing a product to somebody who apparently misused it or used it in a way that they shouldn't have. Whether they killed themselves, shot other people. Now, I wonder also, would this apply to law enforcement? Could you sue a gun manufacturer who provided a gun to a law enforcement official who had to shoot somebody? Especially if they find out the shooting was not justified. 
Now, that's highly unusual in the United States. Almost all shootings are justified. There are a few that they find later on or not. However, what if you could sue the gun manufacturer instead of the police department or the person who actually committed the crime and try and get money from the gun the gun manufacturers? Or what if you extended that to nightsticks, to... Uh, to cars, what if somebody hit somebody with his cruiser? Could you sue the car manufacturer? Could you sue the bumper guard manufacturer who makes the big grill that goes in the front of the police cars? I mean, this just opens up a world of hurt for any business that would be running in the United States. Now, they're trying to say that they want to do this because they think gun groups are saying guns are not safe. Now, if a gun is not safe, that would mean its safety doesn't work, the trigger is improperly set up, it has some issue where it's unsafe in its function, meaning it doesn't function correctly like it's supposed to. Now, that gun manufacturers are liable for products that are improperly manufactured, improperly made, or have some sort of issue where wear, undue wear could happen and cause problems or cause safety issues. These are covered. These are not covered by the by the Commerce Protections Act. So if a gun manufacturer makes a, a crappy product, he can be sued for it. Yes, that does not protect him against that. It just protects against misuse. Could you imagine suing Budweiser for everybody who gets caught drunk on a Saturday night coming home or going to the bar, for those of you who start early, or is suing Ford because his F-150, you know, he drove it off the road and ran into somebody's house. Oh, yeah, let's sue the car manufacturer for that. I mean, it would just it would kill businesses in the U.S. because no business would be able to afford the insurance it would take to defend against every one of these frivolous lawsuits. And from here on out, everything would have to come from foreign countries where the legal protection of their country would protect them from being sued by a U.S. citizen who decided that their product was was used in a crime or used to commit some heinous act. It's just it's unbelievable how much they're pushing this. And I believe the, the end goal, of course, is to say all handguns are unsafe. That way they could say that no gun should be allowed in the United States because none of them are safe enough to be allowed for citizens to have. That's like with New Jersey trying to pass their uh, their Safe Gun Act, where they had to have um, a smart gun. Now, a smart gun is a is a technology that's been out for a long time. They had metal rings they used to have people wear. They had fingerprint analysis. They had certain um, you know something you would wear on your wrist that would be like a basically like a Bluetooth sort of thing where only the person wearing that could fire the weapon. And I would say if these are so great, let's start with the police and the military. Let's give them these weapons. Although I hesitate to say the military but or the police because I want them to have guns that are going to work. And smart guns do not work. It's just like California with their roster of guns because they cannot micro-stamp anything with the with this firing pin and the chamber to identify cartridges fired by each particular gun. So eventually they're pushing through, this is going to push through gun control in a backhanded sort of way by saying any gun manufacturer makes a gun and anybody uses that particular brand or that particular manufacturer's weapon in any kind of crime, they're going to be held responsible for the results of that crime. So obviously this will shut down every gun manufacturer in the United States. will probably shut down almost all imports. So basically only the police and the military will have guns. And they will probably be exempt from suit, I would imagine. It's just, it's, 
This is probably one of the scariest things I've seen today, the fact that they could push this through. And I just wonder if they would ever get it to apply to other industries. Like in Britain right now, they're passing out their blunted knives in order to prevent knife crime. Imagine if you could sue the knife manufacturer for anybody who was hurt or damaged or killed with a knife from that manufacturer. I mean, it seems crazy that they're trying to isolate one industry and bring them to be held responsible for everything that their product does. Now, of course, there are issues like with with drug companies and with, um, you know, even food companies. If they bring out products that are defective or are, you know, tainted in some way that cause people you know, harm or possibly death, then you are held responsible for that. Same with the gun companies currently. If their product malfunctions or is not safe from the original design, then they are eligible to be sued. If it malfunctions and blows somebody's hand off, the gun manufacturer is liable for that. They have a a civil liability to provide a safe product, as do automobiles, as do pharmaceutical companies, as do food companies. Everybody has a responsibility to provide a safe product. But now if I beat somebody to death with a with a stalk of corn, does that mean the farmer gets sued for providing the stalk of corn to me that I hurt somebody with? Or if I pick up a drill and I decide that uh, the guy work, you know, my neighbor, I don't like him, so I'm going to go over there and drill his kneecap, can I sue Makita? Can, can his family sue Makita even though I used the drill? It's just, it's unbelievable how much power this would give, I guess, attorneys in this country and would shut down businesses. Who would be able to sell any product without knowing for sure that it couldn't be used for some sort of harm? Maybe pillow manufacturers would be exempt. But then again, you swing it hard enough, you might hurt somebody or break somebody's nose, and there you go. You could sue the pillow manufacturer. I mean, I think I've made my point with this, but, you know, you don't you don't sue the company that provides you a product that works like it should, like it's supposed to. You only sue when there's a problem with the product or it's unsafe somehow. So, okay, enough of that. But keep an eye on that because if they get that passed, that is going to be a – that will be a fast-track backdoor way to get complete and absolute gun control in this country – with nothing else to be said about it. It's going to be unbelievable how fast they'll push that through. Now, there's one more story that I've been following for a while, and I don't know if you've listened to the show, you've heard me talk about it before. Back in 2013, Kansas passed a law that exempted any item built within the state of Kansas and remained in the state from any federal firearms law. Because I believe most of the 1934 gun laws, which is the NFA, the National Firearms Act, were passed as sort of an interstate commerce rules where you weren't supposed to take them out of the state or when they went across state lines, then they were regulated by the federal government. So Kansas decided, you know what? We're going to make it if you manufacture within the state and keep it within the state borders, then there will be no... There will be no obeying federal laws that restrict the Second Amendment. Now, I don't know how far they were willing to go with this or what they were looking for, but we'll talk about that in just a moment. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, The Gun Show, and you are listening to America's Web Radio. And we'll be back after a few words from our sponsors. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. 
What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome back. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. And those shots you heard earlier were not directed at anybody in particular. They are just random shots we take. Celebratory gunfire. So anyway, we're discussing the Kansas Kansas law that exempted any item that was manufactured within the state and kept within the state from having to meet National Firearms Act restrictions. So basically, a fellow named Shane Cox decided, well, heck, if I don't have to obey the NFA, I'm going to make some suppressors. After all, you know, if they stamp made in Kansas and they come with a letter saying you must keep this within the state of Kansas in order for it to be legal without federal registration, no problem. So he did this. He started building suppressors, I guess, with his – with his. he had a machine shop or something, was manufacturing these suppressors. And uh, a fellow named Jeremy Kettler bought one. He decided, okay, I'm going to have a suppressor. I can go buy one at the local gun store. So he did. He bought it. He shot it a little bit, put some videos on Facebook. And the ATF saw this and went, hey, wait a minute. What do you mean he just bought this suppressor and took it home the same day? That doesn't seem right. So they started investigating – they arrested Shane Cox because he thought he could make them under Kansas law. They said he couldn't because the ATF said, no, 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 that violates federal law. Now, this brings up another really interesting point. If that violates federal law and the ATF was getting involved, does that mean anybody who has marijuana in Colorado or California or Oregon or Washington or any other state that has legalized it for basically anybody – could they all be arrested for violating federal law as well? I'm sure they could. In fact, I would hope that any lawyer that took this to court, which they did take this case to court, would bring that up, saying if a state makes a law, it's supposed to – Is it? does it bypass federal law? Eventually, this is going to have to come to a head because this is one that I really hope was going to be pushed a little further. But unfortunately, the Supreme Court refused to hear this case. So they were trying to get the suppressors removed from the National Firearms Act, taken off the list. <clears throat> but anyway, so they, they arrested Cox and Kettler, and they appealed. Now here's where it gets really interesting. The 10th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals ruled the Second Amendment does not protect silencers. 
because they are not bearable arms. A gun suppressor is a firearm accessory. It's not a weapon in itself. So wait a minute. If a silencer is not a weapon, why is it listed under Title II under weapons under the National Firearms Act? It clearly states suppressors are weapons. And if it's just an accessory, how are you able to limit accessories? If it's not a gun, then why would the alcohol, tobacco, and firearms have anything to do with an accessory that's not a gun? I don't know. This seems like uh, you have to fill out... I don't know if you're, if anybody familiar with ever buying a weapon, you have to fill out the, I think it used to be yellow, now it's white, the 4473 form. You have to fill this out for a suppressor, along with all the National Firearms Act paperwork, and wait your 9 to 12 months in order to get your suppressor. So if you have to fill out a firearms purchasing form, and they're saying it's not a gun, I don't understand. How did they come up with that? They're saying it's not a gun, but you have to fill out a gun form to buy one. Yeah, I'm I'm detecting a bit of bull squeeze here. I mean, grip, stocks, magazines, triggers, all those other things are accessories. You don't have to fill out a 4473 for those. And there's no restriction across uh, amongst sh- shipping them across state lines. So they're saying it's not a gun, although it falls under the weapons, the Firearms Act. So, I mean, I'm not saying these guys didn't violate the NFA, which they probably did. However... At what point do state law and federal law come to a, a point where there's an impasse and somebody has to be determined who's right and who's wrong? I mean, it would just be interesting for uh, the DEA to go into California, Washington, Oregon, start busting all these shops that are selling marijuana, saying, hey, it's still a controlled substance and it violates federal law having it for sale and allowing it to be available to the public. So, I mean, it's 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 funny because no other accessory is handled like a suppressor. You can buy any other accessory. Of course, now bump stocks are being are being removed from that list. So, you kind of wonder: Are they going to start limiting accessories to the same extent as they limit guns? Will this be another backdoor way into gun control? I hate to say it, but it seems like every time I turn around, somebody's trying to find a new and innovative way to limit us from having guns. We're limiting our freedom in what we're able to have. So I just don't know how this is going to go. Now, also, this most recent shooting where the fellow used a suppressor, and now the president is talking about um, possible ban on suppressors, which is going the exact opposite of where I hoped this was going to go. I really had hoped that the Hearing Protection Act was going to come around and people were going to be able to purchase them as you can any other gun even though it's not a weapon, but deregulating them. But the fact that it was used in an attack, although the law enforcement determined that the use of the suppressor in no way enhanced the lethality or made it any more effective by having it, because the guy didn't have the suppressor on both of the weapons from what I've read. I could be mistaken on that. But I think these guys are getting hosed and they're being made an example of because they can't think of another way to stop this from from becoming, imagine if every state decided, okay, we're not going to follow the laws either, but if you have it made in the state, you can keep it in the state. You can buy suppressors, machine guns, fully automatic sears, anything else you want. Then the federal law would essentially become null and void. That would be interesting to see that happen, but we'll see. I doubt it's going to happen very soon, especially since the Supreme Court turned down the opportunity to even hear this case. They're going to leave the 10th, 10th Circuit Court's uh, 
decision in place, which is rather depressing. I was hoping they would at least take this up because there are so many people who believe the NFA Act of 1934 is so outdated and so ridiculous it needs to go away. Okay, enough of the legal stuff, but keep your eyes and ears open on any of those cases because they're going to affect us in the future. I just know they are. But after reviewing some stuff from SHOT Show earlier this year, I wanted to do a little bit of information about some new ammunition that was available. We always talk about guns, but you know what feeds the guns? We need freedom fuel for these guns. And freedom fuel comes in the form of ammunition. I just picked out a few specific things to cover here. Like one of them is the new 350 Legend cartridge. Now, for those of you who are aware, it is a straight-walled cartridge, 35 caliber, that's based on the 5.56 NATO cartridge. So it basically is essentially a 300 blackout or a uh, what is it, 6.5 Grendel? Some of the various cartridges that can be fired in an AR. Now, no one has chambered an AR for one yet. I think there's a bolt-action rifle that's chambered for it. But this is a 357 caliber bullet, and you can get weights ranging from 145 grains up to more than 265 grains out of a 35 caliber bullet. Now, this would make the AR a serious hunting weapon. I mean... I don't know. I haven't seen a lot of the energy specs on it yet, but they're saying it retains more energy at 200 yards than a 5.56, a 300 blackout, or a 30-30 Winchester. So this is this is going to be a cartridge to be reckoned with, and it's really going to step up the AR. This I would wouldn't doubt it if this limits the AR in one of the most powerful cartridges you can shoot through it, with the exception of some of the 450s and uh, 50 Beowulfs and stuff like that, which have never really achieved huge commercial success. I mean, the 458 SOCOM is an amazing cartridge. I shot one once. It is outstanding. But at 2 to $3 a bullet without reloading, it is prohibitively expensive. I can shoot my 50 BMG for the same price I can a 450 SOCOM. And usually... I'll take the 50 BMG over the 458 SOCOM. But keep an eye on this. It's Winchester's new cartridge, the 350 Legend. And I think it's going to be great uh, for hunting with semi-automatic weapons once, once it becomes more readily available. Also, Federal brought out the the Syntec, which changed the range. Which it's had a polymer jacket on the bullet, which eliminates fouling, makes cleanup a lot easier in your weapons, and it's much safer on steel targets because it fragments more easily. Now they've applied that technology to personal protection ammunition with a hollow point bullet. Now this hollow point bullet is not just a standard hollow point, but um, it also breaks apart into a center core and three equal parts around the outside. So it basically sends four projectiles into any target. So keep keep an eye out for that. That's Federal Syntec. Well, that's all the time we have today. I appreciate you guys listening. I am Roger B. The show is locked and loaded. You can find us on YouTube at America's Web Radio on YouTube or americaswebradio.com. So feel free to go back and get a listener look at this, and we'll join you next time. Thanks for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.